sex talk. Derek Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex talk with Derek Miley. Hey, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Eric Miley. Eric Miley here. Y'all be ready. Be ready for the sexy trends we're going to talk about today. I have the trusted, the trusted hot sex advisor to millions. Let me say it again. Millions, folks. Susan Bratton with me. Thank you for coming. I'm so glad you're here. Erica, I am thrilled to connect with you. And I love the conversation about sex trends because stuff's bees changing. Things are happening out there. So yeah, let's talk about what's going on in the world of sex, what's hot and what's not. So you did just did this summit. I, I want tell me all about it. Who was there and what you what were you all talking about? Yeah, so one of the things I've been for the last 15 years creating sex techniques, passionate lovemaking techniques that help people have more orgasmic pleasure and deeper connection. And over the years, I realized, okay, sex techniques are great, but people need bedroom communication skills. So then I started mm -hmm. teaching bedroom communication skills. And then as I got deeper into it, I realized, oh, you know what's holding people back from having the great sex that they want? Sexual issues like mm -hmm. traumas, physical pain, emotional mm -hmm. pain, et cetera. So like sexual health. So one of the things I wanted to do was gather together a tribe of what I like to call my dream team of sexologists, functional medicine doctors, traditional allopathic doctors like gynecologists and urologists, as well as tantra teachers. And not just tantra teachers, but train the trainer, like the, the people who teach tantra teachers how to teach tantra. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And I got them together, 28 of them, and for one week, we released three to five interviews per day on sexual vitality. So we talked about libido, hormones, detoxification, the gut and vaginal and prostate microbiome. We talked about gains wave treatments for reversing erectile dysfunction, how to use penis pumps or vacuum erection devices for penis enlargement. We talked about CO2 lasers and RF intravaginal devices to reverse incontinence and la vaginal laxity and painful intercourse. We talked about PRP or platelet-rich plasma injections into the clitoral erectile tissue or the penile erectile tissue to regrow new tissue from damage and aging that comes, you know, the atrophy that comes from aging. We talked about Gosh, so many things, lots of hormone things. We talked about STIs, how to avoid them. We talked about herpes and how to manage it because that's such a, a big disease. We talked about rewriting your sexual libido story, overcoming and healing from sexual trauma. We talked about how to be the partner of someone who's been traumatized. We just had so many incredible conversations about sexual health and wellness. When you list all of the things that people can suffer from physically. It is a list a mile long. There are a lot of sexual issues that are physical and especially emotional. So that was really, really interesting and helpful. And it was funny because, you know, this is really about trends. And one of the things that I did to prepare for the Sexual Vitality Summit was I have an email newsletter and I've got close to a half a million people that read my emails on a weekly basis. And I sent out an email 
a few months ago and I said, what is the number one thing that's holding you back from having the sex that you crave? And it can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be a combination, but what it can't be is I don't have a partner. This is not a dating thing. This is not a relationship thing. This is like a physical thing. What's this holding you the, back? This is the physical system, the entire system from head yes. to toe. And I got back hundreds and hundreds of responses. And I had one of my assistants, Maurice, organize and categorize them into health, trauma, emotional issues, various, various things. And I looked at the list and it was everything from my joints hurt, I have back problems, diabetes, heart disease, obesity, betrayal was huge. Um, there were just, ED, of course, was number one for men. Premature ejaculation was number two. Although I think premature ejaculation is actually a larger issue for men than even ED. I think PE, lack of stamina, coming faster than you want to, not having ejaculatory choice, as I like to call it, is the male body's number one issue across all ages. And then, of course, for women, it was painful sex. And the painful sex came from many different things, hormonal issues, thinning of the vaginal tissue, vaginismus, vulvodynia, prolapsed organs, you know, <laughs> child pain from childbirth, et cetera. And so I thought, how can I help all these people? What am I going to do to help everybody? And it was so interesting because one of the things I realized was that people, when they get to the point where they have an issue in their relationship that's holding them back from intimacy, they don't talk about it. And they don't really look for a solution. They're like, I don't know where to go to look for a solution. And I think to myself, well, uh, Google, but they don't <laughs> even look. They don't. And they're terrified to go to therapy most of the time. Terrified to even deal with it. They don't even want to deal with it. So they stop talking about it. They stop being intimate. They stop even touching. Then they end up in a platonic relationship. Then they, they're they upset and they're sad and they're lonely and they have no oxytocin and no connection. And they're just kind of untethered, sad humans. And I created an ebook called The Magic Pill Method. That was a structured communication process for talking to your partner about your sexual issues. And it was one of the four free gifts I offered on my Sexual Vitality Summit. One was on vaginal restoration. One was on hormone balancing. One was called the Magic Pill Method. And then the fourth one was called Hot to Trot, 38 Fascinating Facts That Supercharge Your Sex Drive, which were interesting things I learned from interviewing all my dream team on the summit. The Magic Pill Method came in number four as the least popular book there was. Even when I gave people the answer to solving their problem for themselves, because I don't have enough time in the day, nor do you even, to solve hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people's problems, but they could solve them themselves. And you know what? They didn't even want it. It's so interesting. It's like you can't even lead the horse to water. It's terrifying, right? Like, I mean, if you think of, if you think your your body is and our cultural issues around sex just are so heavy. If you think your body is bad and sex is bad, like, okay, well, let me just put this thing on the shelf, and then I'm not supposed to have it anyway, so I'm not going to even address it. And that is one of the things I found in working in the sexuality space for 15 years is that out of a hundred people. Maybe, and I'm being generous, 15% of people actually care enough or can even just egoically or psychologically deal with their sexuality, even comp not comprehend it, but 
hold the sensation in their body to think about it and put their attention on it. 15%, maybe, maybe 15 out of 100 people. Most people either suffer in silence, walk away from it, you know, just forfeit it. They just accept it in its shittiness. Like, (laughs) that's just how it is. I don't like it. I'm miserable. It's good enough. I, I'll submit to sex with my husband because it's my duty or whatever, you know, those kinds of mentalities. Or we're both so tired and numb that we don't want to engage in it anyway. By the time that we get home, by the time we're done with all of the things, by the time we're done with working our jobs and, and dealing with the level of stress they're dealing with every day. Yes. The lack of resources and just living in today's modern society, which we're going to get into, I know. And so what I do is I I can't fix everybody, nor can you. This is what we come to realize as people in the sexuality space. But if you're listening to Erica and I right now, know that you're actually super special. You are what I call a sexual seeker. Someone who understands that your sex life takes work like the rest of your life, but it's not work, it's personal development. I think a person's sexuality is similar to someone who's willing to work on their health, work on their personal development and their personal growth, work on their job, work on whatever. It's just your own development. And and one of the things I've also noticed is that many people, actually the majority of people, and you might see this reflected in your own practice, carry a lot of victimhood around, my parents never told me about sex. They never gave me a sex education. And I really try to break people of the habit of victimhood around that because nobody's parents talk to them. It's very, very unusual. Parents were not equipped nor trained, nor did you at 15 years old or 11 years old or 17 years old want to even have your parents talked about that. You don't remember that part of it. And so I really encourage people to let go of any kind of victimization around, I didn't get and other people did, nobody did. And to know that it's your job to own your own sexuality in your life, which because you're sitting here right now listening to Erica and I, you do. And so good for you. Yes. Ready and willing to at least make some sort of movement forward in their lives as their entire system, right? The way I talk about it with my clients all the time is this isn't just self-care. This is not just massages. This is not just those types of things. This is self-preservation. Yeah, it is self-preservation. Orgasms are so good for you. Oxytocin is so good for you. Being close and connected and tethered to another person, loving your body and honoring your genitals and your pleasure, feeling pleasure, holding love in your heart, knowing that you have this extraordinary ability to get deeply connected to someone, even the transcendental experience of, for many people, having orgasm become kind of like a meditative practice of feeling connected to not only yourself and to your lover, but to all living things. I mean, sex has so many benefits. Absolutely. I mean, we wanted to center in this conversation around trends. And I think this trend that we're kind of circling around this, this idea that our, our cultural norms, our, our thoughts about ourselves and our physical systems are all completely connected in how we see our lives and our sexuality. And I mean, one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording was like, how has this changed since the internet. How has this changed since the tech boom? And I would love to hear your thoughts around that. Well, it's funny because I'm really thinking about a guy that wrote to me today. 
he wrote to me, and first of all, people are always surprised, surprised when they send me an email and they get a reply. But I replied to I replied to ninety two percent of all of the emails that people send me. Sometimes I simply can't, and I forward it to my decade-old customer care team who has been with me for over a decade and knows the answers like That's I do. Wonderful. This guy wrote to me and he said, he, he said, I essentially have a micro penis. I'm a grower, not a shower. And when my penis is flaccid, it doesn't really hang out of my body at all. It's like I don't even have one. And he started talking about, I think it's called the FUPA. You'll have to Google it for me if you're in front of your computer. It's like the fatty part of the pelvic tissue where, you know, your penis kind of can go inside there. And he he said, you know, I don't have any money because my wife has had some issues and I can't afford a surgery, but I I hate my penis and I, I hate looking down at it. And, you know, he had all this hatred, self-hatred. And I said to him, okay, you're not, you're not going to like my answer, but my answer is, I think you should go see a therapist because your wife loves you. You said your last wife, you fathered four children with her. You 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 just got married. Your wife loves you. She looks adorable. You guys are clearly having sex. You you can have an erection. You can do penetration. So why are you just focused on the fact that you're one of those guys whose penis doesn't hang down? Okay, so your penis doesn't hang down, but it gets an erection. You have sex. Why don't you put your focus instead of all this body hatred? Why don't you put your focus on the great sex and orgasms you can co-create, the pleasure you can co-create with your new wife. And just like every time that comes into your mind, be like, ah, I'm going to love myself for who I am. We, I said, we are all born with things we love and don't love about ourselves. It's all luck of the draw. You got no show. It's not the end of the world. It's not even worth a surgery. Imagine what could go wrong, the scar tissue, et cetera, et cetera. But here this guy was. He had all the technical terms. Here we're back to Google, right? He could he would know about the micro penis and the fupa or whatever it was called. I mean, you know, it's just like now he's labeled himself. Now he's feeling more shame. And probably WebMD'd it and created some sort of diagnosis without actually talking to a medical professional of any kind. Well, and and I think that he's just going around feeling really, really bad about something that he could be feeling really, really joyful about. And all because he's just kind of locked into this negative thought cycle of self-hatred. And wow, I said, why don't you just change the channel in your brain and start having hot sex with your wife and enjoying your fabulous erections. And when you're flaccid, you're flaccid. It's no big deal. I mean, imagine women who have very, very, almost no breast tissue. They still have in Intense and incredible pleasure from having their breasts touched, their chest stroked, their nipples played with and sucked, and all the wonderful things you can do with them. Who cares? Use what you have and enjoy it. And so I think that that's kind of indicative of what is going on today with pornography and a million kinks and fetishes, with online dating and everybody having attention deficit disorder, with the ability to look up any issue and get into a forum and find out more about it. And, you know, there's there's good things about the tech and there's bad things. I mean, some good things are like the lioness quantified vibrator that quantifies your orgasmic peaks and compares you to a database of all other women. Interesting. Could it make you feel worse or better? Could it give you, you know, a goal or could it diminish you? Or for example, like there's a new technology out called the V-Fit 
which is finally available in the U.S. It was available in Canada and Europe much earlier. It's an FDA-approved device that goes intravaginally, and it uses low-level laser light therapy, red light therapy, also called photobiomodulation, to essentially put light up inside your vaginal mucosa so that it stimulates cellular renewal so that if you have thinning of the tissue or vaginal laxity or incontinence, and then it also has heat, which also helps recollagenate the tissue. And it also has vibration for kind of like your Kegel, you know, muscle stimulation. That's sex tech. That's an amazing device. A, a woman doesn't have to go have an RF device or a CO2 multi-pass laser experience in, an, in a doctor's office. She can do a slow, low, every other day type of a intravaginals, lying in bed, posting on Instagram experience that feels great and fixes and reverses some of these problems that women have. You know, so there's so many positive aspects of sex tech, but all of it's a double-edged sword. Absolutely. It absolutely depends on the lens. That's why, I mean, just running right back to what you said was the most important part of this is if, if you can't see yourself in that positive light before you even look at whatever genitalia you have. If the problem begins with you and yourself, it is harder to see those positive things that could come from some of the sex tech or, or even any of the resources that are out there, whether or not someone's going to use them or not. Quick break from the action, folks. <laughs> action. <laughs> I just want to tell you about my Patreon. Every week... I bring you guests and, seriously, lots of sex nerdery. <laughs> Help me keep doing that by becoming a supporter. What do you get in return? Cool perks. For real. I am going to be doing shout-outs, stickers, a bunch of stuff. So check it out at ericamiley.com forward slash Patreon. That's E-R-I-K-A-M-I-L-E-Y dot com forward slash Patreon. I hope to see you and see more of you by becoming a Patreon. Thanks, guys. There's lots of talk of the sexual recession. I'm using the quotation marks in my with my fingers. The Atlantic did a wonderful article about the reasons why right now people are pretty much having less sex, even though we have this access and and we have more and more sexuality technology coming and, and out now. I mean, what what are your thoughts? What do, what do you think why this is? Why are people having less sex? I think it's our food supply and our mobile phones. And I'm talking primarily about Americans right now, but I see it happening all over the world as countries develop. I think it's the low quality of our food supply. I think it's the lack of organic foods. I think it's agribusiness. I think it's convenience foods. I think it's packaged foods. I think it's antibiotics. I think it's all the herbicides on our foods. I think it's the plastic water bottles, the plastic pizza boxes, all the gluten. I think it's the, the lack of vegetables. I think it's everything coated in vegetable oils. I think what that does is it degrades our body it ruins our gut microbiome. And then I think there's also all the toxins in the environment. Like I talked about the plastic water bottles, the herbicides, all of the health and beauty aids, our, our, the shampoos and the makeups we use. I think it's the outgassing of our carpets. I was staying in a hotel. I spoke last night and the night before in Beverly Hills in Santa Monica at the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs 
Dave Asprey is a big biohacker. He kind of invented the category. He's a good friend of mine. And I spoke on women's sexual wellness in both of those locations. And I stayed at a hotel. I had to roll the rug up in the room because it was outgassing, disgusting smells because it was this, you know, made with all these petrochemicals and whatever. And I literally rolled it up and shoved it into the corner because it was just friggin' toxic in my room. I think we are bombarded by toxins. Our gut microbiomes are ruined from antibiotics, which are both the oral antibiotics we've been given by the healthcare system in their well-intentioned attempts to cure us, and also from all the herbicides on all of our vegetables and and in our meat supplies, and all the mercury and the toxins in our oceans and things like that. I think we are just super low on resources. We have a lot of endocrine disruption and hormonal imbalance. And I think we also have a lot of massive amounts of stress from the constant barrage of emails and messengers and spam phone calls and the attention deficit disorder of having so much media like all these podcasts and television <laughs> shows and Netflix and Amazon Prime and did you see this and did you read that and having to keep up with the political landscape. And I think we're friggin' worn out. We're taxed out. We're tapped out. We're intimidated by the beauty we see on Instagram. We're intimidated by everything. We just don't feel good. And so how do you have a good sex life? You're staring at a mountain. You're staring at a mountain of things. Yeah. Um, and how would you take one by one? Like it would be, it would feel uh, insurmountable to tackle on your own. And talk about add-on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines, which freaking everybody's on them now. That just completely flatlines your libido. And absolutely impacts your your gut health, too. And they, I mean, it's not to say that we don't need medications for some people who do experience really significant symptoms, but... There is a lot of research that we have currently around the transformations that we can help people make by tackling their gut biome and tackling mental health issues from a system perspective. Exactly what you're saying, that entire physical self, not looking at a person and cutting up each problem individually, but actually looking at the entire system and helping a person not only just talk about their problems, but impact how they eat, impact how they interact with others. And we really do. We need help in every piece of our lives, not just one. There's not just one magic pill, right? I love Trudy Scott's new book, The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution. She's actually doing an anti-anxiety summit right now, too, and having all kinds of alternative conversations around anxiety. And I've been more and more getting into an understanding of our neurotransmitter systems and the impact of dopamine and serotonin on our libido. So I am currently working on a book about libido. And it's going to be a long time coming because there's so many facets to libido, desire, and arousal, especially when we started out talking about premature ejaculation. I really am starting to study the neurotransmitter impacts of what a lack of dopamine, a lack of serotonin have, how that impacts your ejaculatory choice. And I can't wait to dive into that more. That's like you talked earlier about how we we kind of like to nerd out. And this mm -hmm. is definitely one of my nerd out areas right now. 
I think it's absolutely fascinating when we can start actually pulling back, take that 40,000 foot view of a person and their entire system, not just their physical body, but the system of people around them, which absolutely impacts their thoughts, which absolutely impacts their emotions, which all, all of it, all of it works together. And it, if we do not tackle the whole thing, we're, we're going to miss something. We absolutely will miss something. Imagine that guy that's the grower, not the shower. Imagine his wife. Now she has this new husband. He loves her very, very much. But what's sex like with him if he's ashamed of his penis? And I'll tell you something, penis and vulva shame are rampant. And I think that has been impacted significantly by pornography because last night at the Women's Sexual Health and Wellness event that I did at Upgrade Labs, one of my girlfriends, one of my best friends is Dr. Robin Benson, and she works out of Santa Fe Soul in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And she does a lot of PRP and other treatments for men and women who are having sexual dysfunction. And she brought to the panel the Kwadoshka nine genital anatomy types. Have you heard of Kwadoshka? Mm, I have not. Tell me all about it. It's an ancient sexuality lineage from South America. It's Toltec in origin. And they have nine types of male and nine types of female genital anatomy. And they're like the deer woman, the buffalo woman, the dancer, the horseman, the goat man, the sheep woman. They have all these different kind of animal names to the genital styles. So you know, there's the little tiny, hardly any labia, little girl almost type of vulva style. And then there's the giant floppy lipped, you know, labia, you know, very luxe labial style. That's the buffalo woman. And there's kind of everything in between, you know, heavy, heavily lidded, heavily clitorally lidded ho hoods versus clitorises that just hardly have any hood. You know, there's just such a wide variety. And, and same with men, you know, there's men who have much more girth, some with more length, some that have smaller glands, some that have larger glands, some that are curved to the left or the right or the up or the down, you know, super common as well, or testicles that hang lower or smaller or bigger or whatever. I think so many people have so much genital shame and they don't realize because it's almost like pornography has made genitalia homogenous. It's like there's one bland flavor. You have a giant penis and a little tiny yoni, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I think it's really hurt people when they get exposed to that and then they think they're less than or there's something wrong with them. And so many people don't love their genitalia. And I think that's very sad as well. I just love Erica Lust's work around creating sexual and erotic pornography that has all of these different body types, all of these different types of genitalia, all of these different types of sexual experience that is much truer to what it's actually like versus this one lens in which to look at the body and one lens to look at the experience. So I, I do, I think it's so important for people to be able to see like lots of different versions so that they understand, like, just like when we were kids, knowing that it's not weird, wrong, bad, or shameful to have the body you have. It's happening. I think that we're starting to move toward 
appreciation of our diversity. Mm. The books that you have out here, the summits that you're doing, the speaking that you're doing, all of that, on this podcast, all of the things that, that that all of the sex educators out there in the world are trying to do is give people the visions of what that could potentially look like. And I just so appreciate you, that you are out here doing it. And I, I can tell you what, y'all, be ready for all of the books that she has, that Susan has so much to give you. How do people find you in the world? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-A-T-T-O-N. You can also find me on YouTube. I think my best work are my crazy videos where I wear mm. sexy, crazy, silly costumes. I dress up as the naughty nurse or the good mm. cop or the Bavarian <laughs> barmaid. And I teach sex techniques. And that's at betterlover.com. If you go to betterlover.com, it'll take you to my YouTube channel. Or you can look up Susan Bratton. And then I have a gift for your listeners because we've been talking a lot about ejaculatory choice. And it was interesting that when I spoke to a men's group recently, I asked them what they wanted to talk about, and they gave them a whole bunch of options. And they said, we want to talk about, essentially, penis issues. We want to talk about blowjobs, and we want to talk about how to give women multiple orgasms. And when I talked to women's groups recently, they wanted to talk about vaginal restoration, what to, when it hurts or things have gone wrong, how do you fix it with today's modern treatments? They wanted to talk about how to feel sexy their whole life long, because these were sexual seekers that showed up. They wanted to talk about self-pleasuring. So I like that women are asking about self-pleasuring now. And they wanted to talk about all the different types of orgasms they could have, because I always say there's 15 types of female orgasm. And there's more than that. But I one of them is wild card because you can come so many different ways. But I, I went through all 15 types of female orgasm with them. And they were like, wow, so do those feel the same? Do they feel different? How do you have them? You know, it's very interesting to see what women are looking for and what men are looking for, because men's number one issue is premature ejaculation. Number two is ED. Number three is giving her pleasure. And women's issues are painful sex and struggling to feel turn on, libido, difficulty achieving orgasm or wanting to have more orgasms. I'd say that from all the people I talk to and all the things I do, those are the big three on both sides, which is very interesting. And then you've got your people across the gender spectrum. And it gets even more difficult when you were born testosterone dominant, but you want to be a female looking person and you feel like a woman, you know, it's like, wow, it's getting really difficult out there in the sexuality space with so many, it, you know, it used to be that it was pretty straightforward. It was like straight and gay. <laughs> now it's like, okay, tell me, you know, what do you identify with? What's your gender association? With? <laughs> you know, like, where are you on the spectrum? You know, how do you identify? What do you like your pronouns to be? There's a lot to it these days. And understanding like how to walk down that journey, plus, in addition to all of the stuff from before, <laughs> all of the shame from before. So it's it, it, it has, it has become quite a bit more complex, I think, for people to explore themselves. And you had mentioned a gift. I want to make sure that this oh, yeah, is in yeah. the show notes for these folks. This gift is my 34th sex technique book. It's a free ebook. It's called Thrust in Time. It's at thrustintime.com. And it's a an intercourse technique that helps 
men slow down and have more stamina and it helps women. Ha- so let's say penis owners and vulva owners, it helps women achieve orgasm from intercourse. It's an intercourse technique that really, really feels great for her and slows de- and feels great for him too. But it also helps him through a couple of different mechanisms feel like he can last as long as she needs him to. So I really am happy about that. It's an ancient Taoist practice that I brought into and modernized for the 21st century. So what I like are, I like old, long wisdom like the Kwadoshka and the Taoists and the Kashmiri Shaivist Tantras, you know, and all of the, all of that world of things. But I like them to be brought into modern day. Nobody wants to study old junk. They want it (laughs) relevant to them. And so thrust in time, I think is a really great sex technique to satisfy both the penis and the vulva owner. Fantastic. All of you jump on your computers, jump on your phone, get to thrustintime.com, grab that, start using those techniques today. And you will happily think, oh, thank you, Susan. Thank you for making my, my sex life a little better today. So thank you for being on the show. And thank you for joining us listeners all the way to the end. Again, Susan, you're a rock star. We really appreciate you coming around. Everybody have a wonderful week and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.